Welcome to HB RV Lifestyle, the podcast. I am the host, the Honey Badger, here to give it to you straight and transparent about the RV business, as well as other things. And this episode, I'm only going to focus in on the FrameFlex interview that JD at the YouTube channel Big Truck Big RV did with Lippert. Okay, now you're going to have to forgive. My nose is super clogged. I've been having a cough. So bear with me through this, okay? Now, my reaction to all of this is I think JD has been put in a really bad position. So JD has created such a great following, a great YouTube channel, and it's like this is an awkward position for a guy like that to be in. And I'm going to explain why in a moment. If you're wondering what the interview was, uh, I'm going to put part one and part two linked in the description boxes. So if you're watching on YouTube or listening on YouTube, you can click on the links later on after you watch this episode. If you're listening on iHeart, Spotify, Amazon, etc., you can copy and paste it into your uh, browser. Pardon me. Okay. So there are rumors, and they are only rumors, that JD is sponsored and is financially supported by some of the RV factories like Winnebago and companies that are underneath the Lippert umbrella. So how awkward is it? You, if it's true that he's receiving money from these companies in sponsorship and brand deals, etc., how awkward is it that now you got to be the go-between, right? And you can tell that this entire interview was set up because of the editing style and the way they answered the questions. So first off, JD was the wrong guy. Even if he doesn't have all those sponsorships, even if the rumors are not true, he was the wrong guy for this interview. And I'm going to tell you why. Because he didn't go after them. What it seemed like happened was when you watch it, and I watched part one and part two a couple of times just to make sure I wasn't, you know, smoking something. But... It seemed like he emailed them the questions and then Lippert's legal and marketing team went, okay, this is how we want you to answer every one of these questions. And then more than likely, they told JD, okay, you're not going to press anybody. This is how we're going to do the interview and the only way we're going to do the interview. What it feels like is it feels like the way politicians get softball questions from their own base media. Like, for example, Fox News gives softball questions to Republicans. Uh, CNN, MSNBC give really softball questions to Democrats. So it felt like J.D. was giving softball questions to these folks. And he said, well, it's it's questions that came from my viewers, which I, I mostly believe that. But what I don't see is actual direct answers to a lot of these questions. Now, I noticed that they had slipped up, okay? 
They slipped up and JD did not edit out the slip up. But there was a question that was, and I'm going to paraphrase the question. The question was, if ha, have manufa- if manufacturers reach out to you, will you help them figure out what the issue is? And they pretty much, without missing a beat, said pretty much that no one has contacted them from the factories. I think that was a little bit of a slip up. You have to watch that. That's in part two. And it, you have to catch it. It comes real quick. And the guy says it. The guy in the interview says it. And he says it so quietly. You have to turn your TV or your device up to hear him say it. Okay? So there was a little bit of a slip up. But here's the thing. If Liz Amazing, and you guys know, I'm not the biggest fan of the way a Liz Amazing does things. Or Amazing Liz. I Again, my brain fart, okay? Liz would have gone after them like a freaking tigress. She would have gone after them like a lion defending her cubs. Like, that's a bullshit answer. Give me a real answer. She would have kept asking question after question to trip them up to get a real answer, not the corporate narrative. JD looked like a corporate yes man. Period. He, it felt like he was a corporate stooge. And I don't mean that in a negative manner, but it just like, it's like, okay. And and I understand it. There's a lot to lose. If he's getting money funneled into him from Winnebago and, and these parts companies are under the Lippert umbrella, if it's true, then imagine the lawsuits. Imagine he could lose absolutely everything that he's worked for and built. Imagine that. I'm going to go as far as saying Josh the RV nerd can't do this investigation either because, again, the same thing. If it's true how much money Bish's RV is paying him, and Bish's RV sells grand design products mainly at a lot of their locations, there's a lot of ramifications that can come down where Josh can lose everything. Now, a lot of you said, well, let's get RV Miles to do it then. Well, that's a problem too, because Jason is very good friends with a lot of these influencers that are corporate or dealership influencers. So if they, let's say Josh sneaks Jason some information that he gathered, the factory's going to know where it came from. So I might be pissed about it. I might be really angry about it. But I understand it. But somebody else needs to do these interviews that's not connected to Grand Design, Keystone, etc. That's not connected to the frame company. And it's really interesting that they're in such a hurry 
to bury this and sweep this under the rug that I feel like this is going to blow up in a lot of people's faces on the factory side. And then I think it's going to blow up in the face of a lot of YouTubers that have built a really good following, built a good reputation. I think it's going to blow up in their face because they're in a position where they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't, if you get my drift. And again, everything I'm saying when it comes to sponsorships and things like that, it's all hearsay, it's all rumor. I don't know for sure. But I will tell you one thing. Liz Amazing can't be bought and paid for. I would love to do it myself. But I can guarantee you they'd never let me do it. Because they knew I'd go after them with everything I had. And I don't have that cool collected head to go after somebody like the guy from CSI Miami or like Columbo. I don't I don't have that 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 set in my personality. Okay. The other thing I really want to point out that came out of this interview was if you look at part one, I think it was part one or part beginning of part two, they were asked if any of the steel that they use for the frame is imported. And the answer they gave was very politically correct. What they said, and you have to really turn it up and listen because he, the guy is very quiet. Like he doesn't know, very nervous. The body language of both people JD was interviewing was very nervous. Like they didn't really want to be there. Like they were forced to be there. Like someone from up high forced them to do this. Even if they're president, I don't even know what their positions are because I didn't pay attention to that part. But even if they were the president and CEO and the controller of the company, as an example, someone above them on the investor level made them do this because you could tell they were uncomfortable to do this. And the answer was, we buy it from American companies and we believe that they are milled here in the U.S., but we're not sure. Okay, then JD throws it out there, so you get your stuff from American companies. See, there it's solved. Skipped right over the fact that the guy said, period, end of report, the guy said, we think so, we believe so, not Yes, it's 100% American. It was, we believe so. We think so. We know that one company's here in the U.S. and one company's there in the U.S. Where the hell do they get their steel? How do we know that doesn't come from China? That is a half and half. That was a horrible answer. That was an open-ended answer. And it was blown by. Again, someone, and I know... Look, I'm not the biggest fan of Liz Amazing. I think her Armageddon way of doing things, it's not my style and I don't agree with it. But I guarantee you, if he said that to her, she would have gone after him. JD can't. It's really interesting that there are now 
19 YouTubers, including JD, including Josh the RV Nerd, that have done frame flex videos in the last two weeks. It can't be a coincidence. We got corporate corporations that have YouTubers or internet personalities that are all of a sudden coming out with data that we don't know and they probably, more than likely, and this is speculation, this is not 100% truth, it's speculation that they don't know where the data came from. So it's kind of interesting that now that paving new roads and a lot of these other guys are like, you know what? We're done with this crap. So what I think is occurring, and this is just my opinion. My opinion is, is these YouTube personalities are being forced by the corporate side of the factory business through the dealerships that sell the product because I believe that somewhere in the background there is a class action lawsuit coming. I don't know that for a fact, but it's like this has been a problem for that I have seen up to three or four years of uh, YouTube videos about. <clears throat> it's only getting more and more and more apparent. And now it's centralized really around two brands that are the major problem so far. So I can foresee that the reason why this is all being pushed is because A, YouTube won't remove the videos because there's nothing wrong with the videos. You can remove all the social media posts you want. You can get Meta to remove whatever you want. But YouTube's community uh, guidelines, their rules, these type of videos don't break those rules. YouTube is the second most used search engine behind Google. So if somebody puts frame problems and RV, 600 videos pull up. Probably more. I just saw the number 600 at the bottom. There could be more. I don't know. Didn't go into depth on that. But you can imagine that all of this is because something's coming down the pipeline and they're trying to create a narrative to try to get the public on their side. So this is an example I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I'm not saying this is true. But here's an example. Grand Design contacts dealership ABC and asks, you know, YouTuber NJL to do a video and give a percentage of how many fifth wheels are affected by this and make it such a fractionable amount and this person let's say has 200 300,000 uh, subscribers 50 60 million views a month 
they're going to use that person as a puppet to drive the narrative of the public in their favor. Especially if they know something is coming down the line. Because just imagine, guys, just imagine. And this is all speculation. This is all rumor mill. But just imagine if there was 50,000, 60,000 people between, let's say, two brands under one corporate umbrella. Imagine that many people in a class action lawsuit against a manufacturer. And if they know that it's that kind of number behind closed doors, they're going to want to swing the public opinion their way as much as possible to try to save on the settlement that they're going to have to do out of court. They're maneuvering themselves. And again, speculation, rumor, speculation, that if this is true, then very much I would speculate that that major corporation would do everything in their power to get the RV community on their side. Just saying. I mean, <clears throat> you got to think. Just think about this for a second. Let's say that, you know, because, I mean, I always compare a lot of people to Mr. Beast. So they say that Mr. Beast's main channel is probably worth a billion dollars. 200 million subscribers, you know, God, he gets 200, 300 million views on his videos sometimes, more than, mo more than most sporting events, including the Super Bowl, right? So imagine if someone had, you know, 20 million views on their, uh, you know, a month on their videos and 200,000 subscribers, how much would they be worth? How much would a company pay a YouTuber with 200,000 subscribers that has done it for, let's call it six, seven years? You know, eight million, nine million. You know, if they worked for a small family store in the Midwest somewhere. You know, let's say they bought the dealership and gave the YouTuber... You know, that had that kind of clout, that had kind of, that kind of uh, uh, following. You know, if Mr. Beast is worth a billion, maybe this guy's worth 10 million. So, you know, if a YouTuber goes over to a corporation, a large dealership corporation, and got 10 million bucks, and it's more money than they've ever had in their life, it's hard to lose. It's hard to imagine losing that. I, you know, you, you, my, and I love my brother, okay? I love my middle brother to death. But my middle brother, if he was in that guy's situation, would go up to their legal team and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, I will do whatever you want me to say. Whatever the corporate line, whatever the corporate narrative, sir, I will do it. As long as I keep the money in the bank account. Because I never had that much money before. I'll do it. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, it's hard. It's difficult. 
the and, and this is what I'm going to tell you. And this is something that has always been true. The fear of offending is greater than the fear of loss. But the fear of loss will keep a man silent no matter what the consequences of the future will be. And where that came from, if it came from an old story that came from the wrestling side of things back in the 70s and 80s, where a wrestler that was kind of doing an invasion type of thing way back in the 70s and 80s, walked into a bathroom, got murdered by another wrestler that was a local wrestler, and everybody knew what happened. There were witnesses, but the witnesses stayed quiet because the fear of losing their life, the fear of losing their livelihood, the fear of losing their way of life, their fear of losing their money, keeps them quiet, keeps them silent, and keeps them towing the company line. Until next time, have a good night.